0: People all around the world love sport. From playing ball in the backyard through to the Olympic and Paralympic podiums, the
1: majority of the world's population play, watch, and enjoy sport. Steve
0: Dart from Play Hard Sports gives listeners the chance to meet people from across the world of entertainment, sports, and business who are affecting the way international sport is unfolding. So, with the combination of technology, passion, and great people wanting to tell their story, it gives rise to Play Hard Sports Behind the Games podcast. On today's podcast, we welcome Fraser Garrick, co-founder, manager, director, the Tough Turf Group. Tough Turf specializes in synthetic grass for residential sports and commercial applications. Pioneered by St Kilda football legend, Fraser Garrick and Tanya Hall back in 2009, and having inv- evolved from small two-person startup to a fast-growing company employing over 40 people, all in less than 10 years the rise and rise of the tough group is con- t- continuing to be a major player in the s- synthetic turf industry and ned coton marketing director in privo and marketing and brand specialist for the tough turf group ned i read a re- bio recently and stated that you're a man on a mission you're passionate about making a difference and believing the world is crying out for people who are willing to step up and engage their skills resources and energy to make a real difference for themselves and others Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks very much, Steve. Tell me about that, that statement.
1: Uh, Yeah, look, I think that, um, you know, we're living in an interesting time in the world. I think that there are, uh, uh, you know, there's obviously the world has a lot of challenges with global warming and leadership and, uh, you know, some of the things that we see happening. And I just uh, believe that, you know, we all, uh, if we have the capability, have an opportunity and a responsibility to step up and try and make a difference. And certainly that's what I try to do in my own way. Uh, and I think that um, it particularly applies to sports people because I feel that sports people have, uh, they have the contacts, they generally have the confidence and they have the profile to be able to, um, to, to really make a difference in the world. I mean, Fraser's a great example of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really believe that, that, that the world needs it and there's a lot of people out
0: there that, uh, that can do it. Fantastic. Well said. You guys are up from Melbourne. What brings you to the Gold Coast?
2: Well, we've got a base in, in Ormeo, a uh, warehouse facility and office facility. And um, we do quite a lot of works up here. We've, we've done a major project last year at Morton Bay um, Sports Field where we put in a, uh, a FIFA pitch. Um, we do quite a lot of other works here as well as the retail section of our business is Bunnings. So we supply them nationally and, and New Zealand with um, all their synthetic turf products and accessories. So Great, we're, yep. we're um, yeah on a fact finding mission and meeting with plenty of, plenty of different potential customers and uh, a new clientele.
0: Fantastic. Fraser, you're well known as an ex AFL football star, but you're now the co-founder and director of Tough Group. It's known your interest in synthetic turf grew as a result of lost playing time to injury and a need to find safer playing surface for sport. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, a little bit a little bit of that I mean I grew up in a country area where it was either there was too much rain or not enough rain yep. so the the ground was either too hard or too muddy so um, I grew up playing in on those sorts of surfaces and uh, I guess the the great thing about synthetic turf is it's an all year-round solution for, yep. for sports fields um, you can use it sort of three or four times more than what you can a natural field and um, yeah we're trying to we're certainly developing um, new and better techniques to build base construction and, and the products are getting better and better all the time so yeah um, you know, synthetic turf, not the option for everything. We also do acrylic, rubber surfaces, natural turf, um, potentially hybrid in the future. So there's, um, there's lots of different options there for, for clientele.
0: That's great. Let's go back to Murray Bush at Bush Rangers based in one ground of Victoria. How were you as an early player? Were you a good standout player back in the day?
2: Oh yeah. I was always lean and tall and fairly fit. Um, country boy. So we, you know, developed, you know, some probably bad habits early. Dad was, uh, you know, fairly social and didn't mind letting you have a drink at, you know, 14 or 15. So I grew up playing senior football at at 15 and, you know, became a man fairly quickly, I guess, even though I was the youngest in the, in the group. Um, yeah, loved, loved my time in Aubrey-Wodonga growing up. I had a crack at everything, which is, you know, hopefully the way I'll be a a father to my, to my daughter, you know, did, uh, football, tennis, basketball, BMX riding, um, athletics a little bit. So I, um, yeah, athletics and you know, well, sport in general was your lifestyle really yeah. every weekend and after school was uh, was revolved around sport. So um, yeah, loved it.
0: And what do you think now with kids? How they've got you know, all these technical, uh, de- you know, devices and pod, um, uh, iPads and stuff. How, how do you feel? Yeah. What's your view on that?
2: Yeah, it's challenging. Yeah, I've got a six-year-old and uh, yeah. screen you know, time. Yeah, screen time's a big thing. I'm, I mean, she's certainly very active and and loves. Um, you know taking dad on and beating him in a number of things so uh yeah we certainly try and get her outside all the time and you know as i said trying to um give her a foundation in sport and uh let you know just see whether she likes it and whether she wants to continue doing it or whether school works more a thing and or whatever it may be so it's it's her decision but um yeah we'll certainly give her a little nudge in the sporting direction
0: sure tell me a bit about your family
2: uh i've got a partner who's the partner in the business as well tanya so we've got a uh a six-year-old together, and yep. we've also Tanya previously had three children who have become, you know, as much as I've been a father figure. One's twenty-four, one's twenty-two, and one's just turned eighteen. So I've been with them for ten years as well. So I've been the uh, the secondary dad, but yeah, um, also a mate as well. The, especially, you know, I mean, the older one has got a lot of similar interest to me with the UFC, and yep. we're both avid Liverpool supporters. And uh, you know, we've we've travelled around the world following them in recent times, which yeah, has great. been which has been good fun. So uh, I really enjoyed it, enjoying enjoying life at the moment.
0: I can imagine you'd be a good father. Well done. Um, just want to talk about you know, uh, as coming up through the ranks, you uh, you played one hundred and fifteen games with the West Coast Eagles. Any special reason for the number seven jersey back in there?
2: Uh, no, Mick Mick Moldhouse was a country Victoria guy yep. as well. You know from Ballarat originally, and him and I had you know got a really well had a really close nice relationship. I think we still have. We don't keep in contact <laughs> now, but uh, you know a lot of uh, waters passed under the bridge. But yeah, Mick sort of took me under his wing. I was the first. 17 year old kid to go to Western Australia at the time, yeah, out of the draft system. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really, I think Craig Turley left, um, a year or two in into my career at West Coast and the number became available. And, uh, um, yeah, Mick just offered it to me. And generally, you don't say no to Mick, so yeah, I just grabbed sure. it and grabbed it and ran with it. Sure.
0: What was one of the things you took away from that time with Mick? Was there one special thing that he's obviously said to you and you're like, you have to Yeah. Keep
2: that on? Oh, Mick's, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of memorable, um, incidents that we had. Um, usually if you piss Mick off once, you never got to piss him off twice cause he would have pissed you off. So it's, um, <laughs> I, I was fortunate enough that I did, um, you know, upset him once and he, he stuck with me, but yeah, as I said, he took me under his wing. I was a young kid and yep. he was, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say a father figure, but he, um, he guided me down the right path. The best thing with Mick is he's a people person. Yep. You know, we'd come to Melbourne from, from Western Australia and play games and, you know, he would target mum and dad and my sisters and, you know, yeah. make sure that he said hello to them every week yeah, that we great. went there. Win, yep. lose or draw and yep. made, you, made them feel a part of it. And um, not every not every coach I've had has done that. Um, you know, it can become a real business and, um, but Mick's, you know, certainly big on the family side of the things. And uh, yeah, that's that was probably great. the best thing about him.
0: That's great. In 2001, you joined St Kilda Saints. You were you played a further 145 games, which is remarkable. There you were wearing the number nine jersey and known for the G train. You're a standard player, but one day you kicked 10 goals against the Kangaroos in 2004. Relive that day.
2: Um, yeah, I kicked 10 a few, a couple of times, and, you know, lots of, you know, you kicked some bags of goals, I guess, and probably had some bad games mixed in there as well. Um, I still remember a report, reporter going back to the West Coast days. I played 100 games, and yep. I certainly played a lot of good games in the 100, but... Yep. Uh, a reporter that I didn't get along with so well at the time did an article in the paper and he said yeah he's played 100 games but only 10 of them have been good ones so um <laughs> I've still I've still got a I've still got him on my hit list so if, if Tim Gossich you're out there just look out son um, yeah, yeah but yeah no ten. I mean it's a team game when you're a full forward I, I I was fairly versatile in my early days career I was you know lean and fit and strong and could run all day and yeah. was pretty you know quick and and whatnot, as you got older, um, and injuries crept up, and you put on a bit more weight, and um, perhaps you weren't doing everything right off the field. You um, you slowed down a little bit, and uh, that was why I went started playing full forward, yep. um, and which I really enjoyed. But you know, you're not always involved in the game, and yeah. in some cases, you're a little bit determined by how your team's doing. So yep. um, that particular day, I think obviously the ball was down there a lot, and. Uh, yeah. I mustn't have been passing too many off, so um, yeah, obviously got a few lucky ones, I think.
0: Yeah, great. Um, it said you still hold the AFL all-time record for bench press. Is yeah, that I right?
2: yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Wouldn't have a clue to be honest. I do. I do remember. I know mean, I trained. I had a couple of good role models yep. in um, Western Australia. You know, guys like Brendan Crummell and Ashley McIntosh, who were strong guys, and I was only a skinny kid from the country. And um, I loved doing weights and training hard um, when I was there. And um, yeah, quickly you know became quite strong yeah unfortunately it wasn't naturally strong i don't think but um yeah i love love training and uh, we used to have competitions all the time and yeah a bit different to the way it is now that you you know we used to push ourselves ridiculously hard and probably over the top yeah. but um you know they certainly you know with the you know the sports nutritionists and trainers these days mechanically wise they don't let them train as hard as
0: yeah. probably we used
2: to yeah um, more often and more professional and whatnot but um yeah we used to we used to have contests all the time and, uh, you know, whoever was the strongest was always, a, you know, you're, you're aiming to be the strongest. Yeah. Um, and the body shape of the guys has changed a lot. Like, you know, we had probably 15 guys on our list that were 100 kilos plus. Um, whereas these days, you know, you don't have probably any yeah. or one or two on the, on a list. So it's um, the body shape's changed. I do remember you, you, you have a reality check, though, when... Um, Grant Thomas was great friends with a lot of elite athletes around the world. When I say elite, you know, Daly Thompson, um, Colin Jackson, you know, this sort of caliber of people. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to train with them and, and Daly um, decided to challenge me one day and he apparently has never lifted weights basically in his life, even though he's a, a beast of a man. And I think he was in his mid fifties and, uh, um, yeah, him and I had a bit of a crack and, uh. Let's just say, I think I was going to be on the end of receiving. He was being a bit kind to me, but he could sure. just an amazing athlete. Like obviously decathlete, probably the best ever all round athlete in the world. And, uh, had in his, I think he was in his mid or early fifties and his strength and not lifting weights was just, I've never seen anything like it.
0: Yeah. Your career as an AFL player has taught you all about the important things that make Tough Group, the business that it is today. Discipline, honesty, integrity, and delivering on promise. I can empathize. I, I can add empathy to that at also, because when I was researching in your last career game, you gave a young girl in the crowd, your number nine saints duty. And she cried with happiness when receiving it. Was that a serendipitous moment or was that planned?
2: Oh, no, it wasn't planned, but definitely wasn't planned. It was just, a, it was a spur of the moment, but the girl, um, I, I had a bit of a, a relationship with her. And I certainly for the last two or three years of my relationship, I knew her family story and, you know, we had, again, we still speak, I think every Christmas, yeah, um, great. uh, via text message and whatnot, she's become a great a great girl. Um yeah, we had a yeah, pretty close relationship and uh yeah, I'd always say hello to her before and yeah, after so a game funny. and her family and, and yeah. so on. So um and I had a couple others in the in the cheer squad. Yeah. It was probably the, you know, the real differential between, you know, West Coast and St Kilda. You know, one's a extremely successful club being West Coast and um, you know, one's been through pretty a lot of hard times and St Kilda supporters are you know, I equate them a little bit to, you know, in the soccer with Liverpool, they're, you know, die hard and they just love their team, win, lose or draw. And unfortunately not all clubs are like that, you know, the of the front running, you know, jump on the bandwagon and, and, and so on. But um, yeah, certainly St Kilda's a place that I've always felt a part of and yep. love the support from it and love the people involved.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear. Which year did Tough Turf actually um, do the retail range of products in the buddings?
2: We've been with them for about eight years now, so it's it's um it was a slow burn to start with. We okay. had um, plenty of other suppliers that were doing the same thing, and I think the, the thing that we would like to think sets us apart is our relationship. We we try and treat every store as a an individual customer, um so we 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 bank on our service being really high. Um, we've been able to bring innovation to the range and, you know, it's sort of gone from two products to probably, you know, 50 odd products in store now. And we've branched out into another few areas with, you know, um, trampolines and kids, active wear sports equipment, um, you know, aluminium garden edging and and whatnot. So, um, it's been, it's been a great relationship, you know, know, Bunnings, a great company to deal with, um, you know, they're challenging, which is great. You're always on the edge of your seat, but, uh, you know, you never comfortable but you've also got their backing at the same time so yeah we've loved the relationship we've recently had them in in asia on a on a trip to visit our manufacturing sites that you know we're involved with over there and uh yeah can't speak highly enough about them
0: that's fantastic what's your determination with the tough group to drive such a a high brand growth like your principles tell us a bit about your values and principles for your brand
2: yeah as you mentioned it is it's about you know honesty and integrity and respect um you know and delivering on what we say i think. The industry as a whole, you know, there's been a lot of issues with delivering on quality and, you know, when when people or clubs or councils or individuals spend money on sporting facilities or backyards or whatever, they want to know that they're getting something that's there for the long term and it's going to, you know, stand the test of time. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes in Australia we haven't always done you know people haven't done the right thing we're about trying to you know set new standards in the industry and you know if you're going to offer eight ten year warranties then you want the product to last 15 years yeah. um, and that's what it's all about getting bang for your buck and as i said um, longevity of what you offer um so we're, we're trying to certainly trying to be innovative i think our goal now and, and bringing people like you know ned um, and setting up a board in the last couple of years it's really about driving um construction of sports facilities across the across the country really and, and, and setting new standards that can be um, you know, hopefully everyone else will jump on the bandwagon as well. So we're gonna completely lift the range, uh, you know, in, in terms of the construction and the, the quality of the product.
0: Yeah, well I saw your website, you've had a new brand launch there and obviously you bought guys on like Malkoot so you've got some really good resources around there as well.
2: Yeah, we've we've I think we've been fortunate that you know we've been in the industry for, you know, ten years now and we've been able to I wouldn't say you know, oh, I certainly think we've probably picked the eyes out of the industry in, in terms of got some of the, the best people in the industry. And as much as we're 10 years old, you know, one of the best employees we picked up was 60, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, and the experience of having 20 or 30 years knowledge and experience yeah. of building, you know, bowling greens and, you know, FIFA pitches and natural fields and, you um, you know, large tennis complexes around Australia—it's it, absolutely gold. So, I think the combined experience of our team, our senior construction team and installation team, is probably two hundred and fifty to three hundred years. Yeah, right. So as much as well the com- said. Yeah, as much as the company's yep. still young, the uh, the yep. experience great is great. Victory. Yeah.
0: In two thousand and sixteen, tough the tough Turt range launched into New Zealand and United United Kingdom. How was that feeling when it went sort of international?
2: Yeah, it was uh, obviously Bunnings bought out Homebase or West Farmers was heavily involved with the buyout of a, a, a similar brand over there. Um, you know, we, we had great sales for a couple of years and it was an awesome experience traveling to the UK. And, you know, we did a lot of research through Germany and some other places on how the um, the retail market or, the, you know, it's, it's almost like the trade side of Bunnings equivalent, whether it be Obi or Bauhaus or, you know, Homebase, how mm-hmm. they operate, you um, it was challenging times, I think, for Bunnings. Um, they probably may not have ticked all the boxes before they left and thought it would just happen. But yep. the market in the UK is certainly different. It's um, it's a short selling season with the the, with the weather conditions, and um, it does make it difficult um to have it the same as Australia. Yep. Um, and it wasn't the same as Australia, and hence why you know they pulled out pretty quick. But I, I think credit to Bunnings and West Farmers. I think they uh they realised that you know they dipped their toe in a bit too quick and they pulled out very quickly so it was um it was a quick decision and you know i I acknowledge that i think it's a great thing that they did make a quick decision wasn't working um probably wasn't going to work in the long term and they cut it off pretty quick um new zealand's you know it's obviously close to australia it's um similar in the way they conduct things there's a lot of sports facilities over there there's a lot of um, interest in synthetic turf essentially as well. Um, it's, it's a, it's a market that I'd certainly like to go further into yep. and, uh, and set up there one day, but it's, um, yeah, it's bit by bit and, um, yeah, we certainly enjoy our time. Mal's actually over there at the moment Yeah, great. chasing up a couple of sporting projects. So, yep. uh, yeah, he's getting his frequent flyer points up.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. He's a good <laughs> man. In 2007, you completed the largest sports facility in the Southern hemisphere. What was that project?
2: Uh, we, did, we, we're fortunate enough to do a project for, um, St. Kevin's college, um, in Melbourne, yep. in Glen Ira, which was, it was combined about 40,000 square metres. And the best part of it, I guess, is it shows the, the capability and capacity of our team. You know, it's, it was three FIFA pitches, um, full-size soccer pitches, um, an IAAF class two um, rubber running track, um, I think 12 cricket wickets, a um, FIH national standard hockey field with 12 tennis courts over the top. Yeah. So it was a pretty significant project at the time. Um, there's certainly been some equivalent type projects that we've been doing recently, and that other companies have been doing. But at the time, it was a, it was a whopper, and you know, it really set the foundation for yeah our capacity and being able to deliver on what we say.
0: Growing a company from two people to uh, to forty people is a massive journey over ten years. But you mentioned Tanya before. How important has she been through this journey?
2: Yeah, pretty yeah, extremely strong. As important as anyone, it's um, you know, we're actually nearing sixty people now, so it's it's. Across you know all the divisions of the company, I mean we we certainly do retail, but we do residential, light commercial, major commercial, and, and maintenance. So it's become it's become a solid a solid business. Tanya really is the chief of of Bunnings, really the retail space, and yeah. you know that is a big part of the business. Um, you know it's probably half the business to be honest. Yep. Yeah. Um, and her and I initially, you know, we were the ones making up the pallets and um, you know doing everything in house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you beca- you're across everything. Um, we certainly weren't the best at every part of the job and hence why we've you know I certainly like the adage of you know you successful business people out there that say employ smarter people than yourself and fortunately we've been able to do that and um, you know they've taken some of the weight off our, our shoulders and you know some real expertise in uh, you know the engineering side the design side the certainly the marketing and promotion side um, you know we're still both very hands-on but um, you know I guess we've become more managers and the office door's a lot more open, and when you're not a great communicator, that can be uh, difficult because you're talking all the time. And yeah, uh, but, yep. yeah Tanya's very good at that. I'm, I'm developing, I guess, and uh, yeah, but we've yeah we've become a pretty good team. I think. Yeah,
0: mate, you're doing really well. Well, look, that leads me to introduce Ned Coaten. Um, you hold an MBA in the University of New South Wales, and a current Vice President of Basketball Victoria and the Chairman of Basketball Australia. Tell me about that, Ned.
1: Yeah, so I was uh, like Fraser, grew up in the country, but uh, and 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 similarly played a lot of different sports. Ten, you know, I told people I had a tennis racket, a basketball, a football, and a bike, and that was my entertainment. Um, uh, and I've sort of played a lot of footy, but but followed the basketball path and uh, went to the uh, to the AIS and. Uh, uh ended up in a in a national junior team but but never really i realized fairly early on i wasn't going to have the success in the in in sport that you know i would have liked to have had and and sort of made a decision that i should go down the sort of the business path i suppose um and so i always wanted to maintain it you know again in line with sort of you know giving back and trying to make a contribution i've always been involved in uh as a volunteer in sport i worked professionally in sport for a while um but I think that, um, you know, my, uh, you know, the roles in, in basketball have been um, uh, and certainly my current sort of chairmanship of Basketball Australia is really about giving back. You know, the sport's given so much to me. You know, like Fraser and his footy, yeah. um, we were just hearing about it's it's all about the people um, and it's all about trying to make the world a better place through, uh, yeah. you know, allowing kids to play and, and really that's my motivation about, you know, leaving the sport in a better place and often – say to people i don't really care if i'm the person who's the you know the floor wiper wiping the floor or the or the or the chairman or the president um it's really about leaving the sport in a better place and so um yeah i've just tried to bring the sort of the skills and experience i've had to the you know to, to to the sport um um and you know fraser and i have known i first met fraser in wa and i was always impressed by his um you know, he's a very humble guy for the success that he's had, I think you've heard I was today. I to say the same thing. You know, very just, humble. Um, he never talks. You know, this is probably the <laughs> – I've mm. you know, obviously known Fraser a long time. This mm. is probably the most I've ever heard him talk about football, which yeah. is testament to, yeah. um, you know, just his humble approach to things. So, yep. uh, yeah, no, it's just about trying to, you know, trying to make a difference and trying to, you know, help others to, to, uh, to enjoy the sport that I, I've loved.
0: That's great. So what's your involvement with the Tough Group now?
1: Uh so I um uh, Fraser and I had sort of had a few discussions over a, a couple of years and I came on board really to assist in the sort of the marketing and branding of the business as you've seen we've just launched a new yeah, website it looks great. um and also to um uh to sort of bring I suppose some some sort of governance and an outside perspective to the to the business so we've set up an advisory board which I chair um Fraser and Tanya and and a couple of other people are on that uh, board along with um uh, with Travis Knight, who's the, um, the National Operations Manager. And so that group really um, is a strategic group that really sort of thinks about the, you know, the future of the business, um, what things um, you know, we should be doing, what markets we could go into. Uh, you know, we're here in, uh, in Queensland at the moment just sort of scoping out what the opportunities might be. Uh, and so um it's 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 a little bit varied because I've sort of got um you know a couple of different um, interests but I think really as much as anything it's about assisting to really um you know underpin um you know what Fraser and Tanya have been trying to do and offer you know i'm I'm good at a few things and trying to stick to that and yeah and and as Fraser said the team's now growing and and, and bringing others to the table as well
0: yeah you wear quite a few hats you've got a bit of a history there haven't you yeah yeah no that's uh, that's right i'm
1: uh, I've got a uh, I don't think I've got ADD, but I sort of certainly act like it. Yeah, researching, uh, I was like, wow,
0: wow, wow. Okay, yeah, I great. just,
1: I, I suppose the thing I, I, I enjoy, um, uh, you know, helping things grow, and so I've been involved in, um, in in self storage. I've got, uh, a sort of business, um, in in self storage. Uh, I've um, also involved in 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 aged care. I've been involved in um, in sort of the technology space. So, uh, but always with a with a sort of a marketing bent to it. So, sort of marketing and and sort of. Uh, you know development of the business is a thing that is probably you know ticks the boxes for me and the yeah. thing that I um, enjoy uh, but but look certainly you know basketball has taken a big chunk of that particularly over the last year as you would have seen you know we've just had a, a world championship and there's been a lot of things happening in basketball it's growing so that's taken a lot of time but I'm um yeah, really really around uh, the the sort of the marketing and branding and that's that's particularly I think what um what I've enjoyed about the the tough group.
0: Mate, you've actually worked with quite a few big brands, including Wrigley's Heinz, Kimberly Clark, Ryobi. Novartis and Fonterra. Tell me about those brands and and what if there was any similarity on how you approach the brand.
1: Yeah, I think I often think there's a there's a big difference between sort of you know what I call those sort of you know major international brands and and you know small to medium business. So a lot of people um, try to do the same things that you know that large brands do, which is you know billboards and TV ads and radio and sort of a really big picture. And I think that's really good for those businesses. And certainly that was some of the the work that we were doing uh, with them. I think when it comes to sort of, um, you know, SMEs um, and, and sort of people who are sort of entrepreneurial. It's really, um, it needs to be a bit more granular and it's really about building relationships and, you know, as Fraser was saying, I think, uh, um, you know, you, you can't you can't sort of start doing the same things that those businesses have been around, you know, in some cases for hundreds of years Correct. and they started with one or two people just like Tough Group did. Yep. Um, and so the same things that, um, you know, you can't act in the same way that they're, they're acting and often people make that mistake of just sort of thinking that just, you know, just Putting up a billboard or, or doing an ad is going to make the difference. It's really about, yeah. um, you know, as you said, so building a relationship with people and yeah. and 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 uh, giving them an insight to your story, that's right, um, and making an emotional connection. That's and right. I think you know one of the things that, um, again we've heard from Fraser this morning is he's just great at, you know, people like him and respect him. Um, and trust him because he's um, because you know what he says is what he does, and he's an easy guy to get along with. Um, and in, in business, that's a really important thing.
0: Yeah. Well, when I was researching both you guys, but Fraser, the comment threads which I get a lot of my uh, foresights and insights into is. People were wondering where is he. So he had <laughs> such a, a pre- pre- predominant status, and he's just gone. So hopefully he's out there a bit more, telling his unique honest yeah, story. And, and, and I think
1: really, you know, working working bloody hard is what I would say. You yeah. know, like the, yeah. the you know Fraser obviously had a great work rate on the on the field, but I tell you, off it, is just a machine, and so I think that is a great testament. Well, to dive to, into uh, that a bit more. Oh, just you, you know, see? I've been I've been really um, and you know you see this in people who who are you know high achievers and and get things done in the world, but but you know Fraser is just always thinking about um, uh, you know what the next step is and what he what what the business can do next. And the thing that I've observed is you know he's not afraid to you know he'll be out on the tools. Doing the same thing that he asked the you know the nineteen year old kid to do who's just come into the business yeah that's eleven um, uh, you know and and I think that you know Fraser can genuinely say that he can actually do you know if there's any task in that business he can do it or he, in fact he has done it um, because it's been grown from the um, you know grown from the from the from the ground up and I think um, and people really respect that you know you see that in the office all the time people um, respect the fact that they can't you know they can't pull the wool over his eyes um, and um, uh, you know, and learning from you know in this trip, I've been sort of trying to learn about more myself about the, you know the and the technical parts of the industry. You know how how much how much sand you have to put over the grass, where the infield should be, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's been uh, you know fascinating. And Fraser knows it backwards. Um, and so uh, you know, again, you've got to be passionate about business. And I think that backstory of you know playing on fields that were either too hard or yeah. too boggy, and then actually you know taking a step to make a difference to do that is just fantastic it's just really exciting to be around people who really want to make a difference in the world um and that's the thing i admire the most is just you know con- doesn't matter if it's if it's a good day a bad day or whatever it's just you know the g train's still going yeah that's great <laughs> well said
0: um did you want to respond to that at all
2: <laughs> no no well, i think yeah you know, as i said i've, I've you know you sometimes you can get in trouble for probably telling the truth sometimes yeah. you sometimes you know you do need to hold your tongue but um I've probably never been like that, and uh, you know, and I guess at certain times it's got you in trouble. But yeah, hopefully, it does build a bit of trust and respect from people. And you know, the, the best thing about having Ned tag along in a lot of cases is, you know, he brings that polish and you know yeah. the professionalism that yep. uh, you it's know. I'm, I'm, yeah, it is, and I'm you know I can certainly be rough around the edges, yep. um, you know, at times. And uh, I think it's a pretty you know it's a pretty good blend. Yeah, uh, he's got a, As I said, Ned mentioned he'd known each other for twenty five years, and you know there's not many more respected than him across the the Australian sporting community. And, you know, um, chairman of basketball, Australia, it's a, it's an international role. So there's not too many people he doesn't know around the world, whether they be, you know, Olympic level down to, you know, the amateur level. So it's, um, yeah,
0: I think it's a pretty good blend. Now you're actually authored a book recently, an online book. Yeah. So I've done that.
1: Um, so it's, it's really about, um, uh, it's really about, uh, uh, you know, how, how sports and sporting organisations can, um, you know, can build their, you know, build their profile through marketing, build their business through marketing. And so that's, uh, uh, again, it was just, it was something I want to do. I, I really uh, believe in, um, you know, in sort of, you know, getting information out there for people. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, a lot of people are very protective of their IP and sort of wanting to hold it within and sort of not, not sort of tell anyone. I'm, I'm exactly opposite. I think that, um, you know, information really is cheap. Um, you know information oh, is everywhere commodity. you know you can, now. You, can, you can you can go online and get all the information what what makes a difference is um is execution and so it's one thing to know what to do it's a different thing to know how to do it so it was really about just trying to provide people with an insight in in sport um and, and i you know i really it, it wasn't uh, really to make money it was really just to, uh, to, you know to give it away and to um you know to try and spread the you know the word a little bit um and uh yeah no it was it was uh it was actually fun to write it it took a bit of effort but it was um yeah it was good and uh um you know i probably looking to do some more in the future but um uh yeah no it was um it's it's it was a great experience
0: where would people find that that uh,
1: product uh you can actually um you can actually uh google the book online it's uh it's called game plan marketing um and so if you if you google that you'll find the uh the website um and probably find it on uh on amazon as well um it does sell a few <laughs> in fact the other day i got my uh, my author's check um for Great. about uh for about 100 bucks i think they give me a couple a <laughs> of, couple of dollars every time one sells online so uh um, i wouldn't say it's uh i'm um, certainly not the next uh the next uh uh, uh you know great novelist but um but you know hopefully it's topped a few
2: people correct it's interesting another one of the other board members is a um an ex AFL player Trent Cummings who's you know fairly heavily involved in the financial side of the business um his career was cut short um by knee injuries and stuff like that but uh, he's at Fitzroy and West Coast and you know we 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 became great mates over a long period of time and um, he's also – he's been writing a book for about 20 years and uh, we're waiting on it to release, but it's called The Life of an Ordinary Man, so look out for that one. What about you,
0: Fraser? Do you reckon you've got a book in you? No,
2: nah, because I, I always think – you know, the football. The footballers that I always cringe when they put the books out because okay. I really feel like their lives haven't been that exciting, okay. um, and, and mine included. That you know, I certainly love other. I'd, bu- let,
0: I'd let the public decide. Yeah, that if
2: you don't uh, mind. I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but you know, when I um, I think when I when Harper was born, and you know, yeah. he couldn't get it to sleep. The, yeah. the first thing you do is pull out an AFL book and it was that boring it had put her to sleep straight away. So you'd read a couple of Matty Lloyd's uh, pages and she'd be straight off. But um, I just I just find I, I find international sports, you yeah. know, sportsmen, your you Jordans of the world and your yeah. Tysons and, you know, what not exciting and great to read those stories. your Eton centres and, you know, these sorts of stories. But to be honest, I just feel like it's a pretty insignificant, you know, the AFL world. And I know that it's such a big sport in Australia, but yeah, yeah I, I really can't. Follow the books to be sure. honest. Yeah, I it, think
1: that <laughs> I think that if you delved into it, I've, I've certainly been fortunate to hear some of the uh, the exciting stories from Fraser over over a glass of wine from time to time. <laughs> and they're definitely uh, they definitely keep people interested, but I'm not sure if you could publish a few of those.
0: Well, <laughs> I remember talking to Mark Jacker Jackson. He re- he's got heaps of stories. You know that kind of guy. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: I still remember. He's <laughs> I mean his favourite one when he was obviously you know he's told it on his uh, many of his comedic comedic journeys around Australia with um, uh, I think it was Frank Sinatra. Okay. I don't know whether you've heard that no. one when he was. When Jacko was making it big in the the Hollywood movie era, yeah. and um, he he met a, a producer in la at a fancy restaurant and on the on the next table happened to be frank sinatra with a couple of people and yep. they'd never met obviously but jacko took the the time he was trying to impress these producers so frank went to the toilet and you know jacko went and had, you know had a pee next to him and uh, said hey frank do you mind doing me a favor yeah yeah sure jacko what what's that and uh he said come over to my table and uh just say hey jacko how you going You know, Frank agreed to it, so Jacko went out and sat down next to the producers that he's trying to impress, and uh, sure enough, Frank comes over and uh, says, hey, Jacko, how are you going? And Jacko's response is, um, piss off. Uh, Frank, can't you see I'm busy? (laughs) He's used that one many, many times, but it's still a great story.
0: Um, That's fantastic. You guys have had lots of highs and lows in business. I'll start with you, Ned. What's been a high and a low in your business career?
1: Oh gee uh look there's been plenty of lows they they they've been uh they're probably easy to come to terms with I think the the high has been just working, you know. Like there's, there probably there's been a you know a couple of wins, obviously in business I've had, but I think just you know working with great people, like you know the thing that really gets me out of bed in the morning is being you know looking forward to going into business and doing you know doing something good. I think that's for me still that's a that's something that really motivates me. In terms of you know that you know the down parts, there's certainly been a few where you just you know where things aren't going your way, a sale doesn't happen, you know someone just doesn't you know is difficult to deal with, or or you know. You're under attack from different people, and certainly I've had that in my, um, you know, in 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 my career, sort of um, as a volunteer. Um, you know that happens, and so and you just say so you have to be resilient. And one of the things I sort of talk about with my kids is. You know, you have to be, um, you know, you just have to not t- take things personally and you just have to realise that, you know, everybody in the world's got their issues, that they might be taking it out on you for a particular reason. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, to be as strong and resilient and talk to people, you know. And so from a from that perspective, that's a thing I find really useful. If you've got something you think, well, there's, there's always uh, an issue that someone's got that's probably going to be bigger and worse than yours and I keep that front and centre um, and, um, and, and just sort of talking and, and, and staying in touch with people, I think is, um, important, but, um, yeah, look, I I love business and I suppose the thing that gets me out of bed is just, um, you know, knowing that you can make a difference and work with great people.
0: That's awesome. And
2: Fraser, high and low to you? Yeah. I I mean, highs, I think, you know, I've only been in the business world for 10 years and, you know, it's, um, yeah, you're still learning every day, to be honest. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I've really got highs and lows. I mean, in highs, I still get excited by winning jobs that, you know, yeah. I genuinely fe- feel like you deserve to win and the lows are probably losing the jobs when yeah. you feel like you genuinely deserve to win. <laughs> um,
0: that's the right. Yeah, so it?
2: comparing, <laughs> it's really, you know, trying to alert um, the client um, to compare apples with apples and you know deliver on what you say and um, I think you're starting to get a lot more evidence of those in the industry that can do that and you know potentially now those that can't do that so you're starting to separate the good from the bad which is which is only a good thing I think because it's going to lift the standards you know nationally and um, at the end of the day it's the end user it's the kids generally or the professional athlete or the amateur athlete that are using these facilities and you know, again, it's getting getting kids and people out from computers and tablets and games and, you know, having a healthy lifestyle. I mean, you know, I could do with losing 10 kilos at the moment as well. And, you know, the obesity levels are going through the roof. So I think sport is, you know, it's the key um, factor in, you know, in, you know, in people's lives and, and you know, living to your 80 to your 85 and, you know, being happy at the same time.
0: Yeah, well said. Um, okay, so... What about a quick shout out to someone or some people that have been a big influence to you, Fraser, along the way? This is your opportunity to, to thank someone or who's made an impression in your life?
2: Oh, well, one of my best mates is in Perth who's, you know, I call him a silly old fart, but he's uh, <laughs> he's um, a retired farmer, retired when he was probably in his mid-30s, um, came from queriting and, you know, as a, um, a person I've learnt to probably party with him, but I've He's he's um probably the most generous person I've ever met in my life and his advice, he's old school in terms of, you know, he still carries cash, you know, he doesn't have cards or trust banks and all that sort of stuff. He's um he's he's a very successful business been a very successful business person in his philosophies. He's been, you know, the head of councils and um organizations and committees and all that sort of stuff. Um so Peter Wills, yeah, in, in Perth, he's okay. he's one of my best mates. Um as I said, he was probably the only 55, 60-year-old in uh, partying in Perth nightclubs. <laughs> and he was the one that was putting shooters in everyone's, you know. <laughs> but uh, but he's also got, yeah, as I said, he's his business acumen and his um, honesty, integrity and, you know, um, all of that. He's, um, you know, we've become really close. Unfortunately, he's not healthy these days. Okay. Um, he can't fly as much as he'd like or can't fly at all. But, um, yeah, he's one that I'd shout out to.
0: Well done, mate, and Ned. Anyone you want to give a shout um,
1: out? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, like Fraser. Probably my mother. Actually, she. Um, uh, you know, my dad died when we were we were very young. We were living on a station up in the northwest of WA, and so she uh, she brought us back down to uh, the little country town Narragun where we grew up. And I think has always just been a really, um, you know, really good influence on my uh, my life. She's she's ninety six now. She's still. Uh, uh, in an in a, <laughs> excuse me, in an aged care facility in Perth, um, and still you know writes a letter a week to the prime minister, just to uh, or one of the politicians, just to keep them honest. Um, she sends all the or she goes through the newspapers and sends the clippings out, you know, about either basketball or footy or whatever's going on to me. And um, and you know I speak to her every couple of days on the phone, and she's um, yeah just got great advice. She was um, you know when she was younger after World War Two, she travelled around Europe on a bike, her and a girlfriend for five years. Um, which is a bit unusual back then. So, uh, you know, did a few things that were a bit sort of a bit different Um, and has always sort of walked to the beat of a different drum. But, you know, just, yeah, just learned a lot from her and just, uh, you know, been very fortunate, me and my brother, that she, um, you know, that she just sort of really just um, uh, always sort of, um, yeah, just kept us front and centre, I suppose, and made sure that we had a, you know, great upbringing. We never had a lot of money, but we had, I always felt we had a fantastic childhood. and, And, yeah, she continues to be a real influence.
0: Well said, mate. Okay, I always ask my guests this if you could place a call back to yourself at a young 20, what advice would you give yourself?
2: Oh, well, I was probably always against. I was, um, you know, we had all these leadership meetings and groups and all that. And again, that used to put me to sleep. And I was part of it for a while. And um, yeah, I really hated it, to be honest. I still, I'm not a big meeting person still, but I understand that it needs to get better. I what need to get you better like at it. it? Um I th- I think you've got a short I've got a short span. I get, you know, I get edgy and need yeah. to be on the move and doing things, so get being stuck done. in a meeting for an hour or two can sure. be difficult. Yeah. Um yeah, so I'd probably try and dedicate myself more to that and understanding it a bit better rather than completely throwing it off and yeah. not paying it the respect mm-hmm. it deserved. And I'll certainly think on a on a sports side of things, you know. Um, I had a lot of fun off the field and probably the preparation wasn't always the way it should have been. And some of the things you probably did off the field were you sort of cringe a little bit back now, but, you know, I think it was all, it was all fun and games at the end of the day. I don't think anyone really got hurt or anything, but it was more, you know, you could have ded- dedicated yourself more to it and, um, you know, being a bit more professional than the way you were. But, yeah. um, but saying that I probably wouldn't play today,
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah. You know,
2: I think I would always say that at least I had some of the fun years of AFL, you know, in the late nineties and, and stuff where you were, you know, almost. Semi-professional, so it was 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 great times.
0: Yeah, great, Ned. What would you place a call? Oh,
1: probably just probably about sort of having more self-belief and and confidence in myself. I think you know when I look back, I I, uh, you know I I probably had the. The, the, the sort of the physical skills. Obviously, I'm six foot eight so I had the height um, uh, to, to sort of be better in sport and I think it was probably if I look back, it was probably just didn't believe in myself enough and, and, and I think that applies to business as well. When you've got self-belief, you know, no one can stop you really. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's all about the, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer that you live your life in your mind and so, you know, taking control of your mind and being able to really influence how you think I think is critical and I certainly didn't do that well Early on, I've become a little bit better at it now. But, um, but yeah, that would – and it'd be the advice I'd give to a lot of young people. You know, just have a crack, believe in yourself, you know, go and do it. You know, the world's a big place. There's lots of opportunity. And so, um, yeah, just uh, that, that self-belief I think is uh, is critical.
0: Well, fantastic, guys. It's been much absolute pleasure having you here and enjoy the rest of time in Queensland. Generely, thanks, Steve. Thank you. Yeah,
1: thanks, Steve.